we would love to hear from you what the Lord is doing in your life or have seen in others. Write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or call us and leave a voicemail at 407-624-9957. We at The Millennium Beat are looking forward to hearing what the Lord is doing in your life. Remember that The Millennium Beat is helping people share their stories. Today's show, I have back with me Katie and Donald Nally. I sat down with them in their home and we did a quick recap of our last conversation back in January of this year about their lives and their mission trips. Then Donald gives us a word from the Bible. Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. Hey, y'all. You tuned into the right place. This is Kevin James, and I am the host of the Millennium Beat. I am back down in Port St. Lucie with two good friends, Katie and Donald. Guys, thanks for letting me in your house again. (laughs) It's good to have you here. Uh, It's definitely good to be had, I guess. Hey guys, what we're going to talk about this time is a little recap of our conversation we had last time. So you could tell us about a little bit about your life story and stuff like that. And then, we're good. And then we'll end it up with the um, current affairs and things that are going on and what God's saying right now. So let's start off with Katie. Katie, what's happening from your perspective, like when it started when you were younger? <laughs> I guess it was somewhat uneventful. I don't know. I, I grew up in the 1950s and 60s. 60s, of course, was crazy. But I graduated in 1970, and I was married not too long after that, 1975. Had three children and um, was busy raising kids for for a while. And um, unfortunately, I got divorced and uh 2008 and um the lord led me to come down to florida to go to school again now did i don't know if you said it i wasn't sure did you say where you were born what city i mean not city what state i was born in massachusetts ah massachusetts we know that state quite well yeah all right so that was a real good quick overcap of overview of your life which is good Mm -hmm. that's pre-donald okay so donald Let's start from you. Uh, let's see. I was born in a small town called Boonesboro, Maryland. And you were real close to your mother. Yes. yes real close I was. At that, in the early days. Yeah. Yes, I was. And um, when my mother died when I was 10 years old, uh, she had taught me about the Lord, but oh, she, okay. she died when I was 10. And um, not long after that, I started getting into drugs and everything. And and um, I uh, I became a drug addict I guess you could say and a drug dealer from the time I was 10 till I was 34 you know I had a girlfriend I had two children by her and but that relationship didn't work out I ended up going to prison a couple times and um, I got born again while I was in prison in okay. um, 2005 I got released in 2006 and we met in 2010 or 11 something like that right yeah yeah, yeah. a few years after that yeah and that was um, in 2007, the Lord moved on my heart to come to Miami to come to a Bible school, an evangelistic school. And um, that's where I met Katie. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So, Katie, did he sweep you off your feet? Um, I don't know. If <laughs> or knock you over. <laughs> I, the Lord had us had us pray together. Okay. One of the first days, uh, Donald and his friend Richard and I, on the way out of class, uh, I don't know, we, we all stood there and prayed for about 45 minutes, and I, I felt like I was feeling a something coming off of Donald. I didn't know, never had experienced that before, sort of a, I guess, an anointing. Oh, okay. And, um, I'm glad it wasn't a demon. <laughs> 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 Neighbor Jesus, you know. No. Cast that demon out of Donald Nally. No. But I started learning. No, I was delivered things. by that time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But at any rate, I started to learn some things about the Lord that I didn't know before from Donald, and that just kind of, that was something that kind of sparked our friendship. Okay. You saw, you had kindred spirits. Yes. Because you do, you both have the Holy Spirit. Yes. So that you were joined together. And this is before you got married and stuff like that. So Amen. that's cool. All right. So you did the I do's, ding, 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 you know, your honeymoon, whatever. Uh, well, it was, it was actually more like dream of vision and street ministry. And okay. That was your honeymoon. That, well, well. That was our what dating. It, oh, that what, was your dating. Okay. Yeah. Because what it was, I, I had a dream right after I met her and, um, that she was going to be your wife? Yes. The, oh, Lord, okay. the Lord, I had a dream and all I seen was her face in the dream and I woke up and it went from a dream to an open vision where her uh -huh. face was floating in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I did, you know, whatever good Christian would do. I said, God, why am I seeing this woman's face? Does right. she need some prayer? What's going on with mm -hmm. this? And the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me, said, no, she don't need any prayer. Well, yes, she right. does. But, you know, the Lord said, no, that's not the issue. He basically said, she's going to be your wife, but she don't know it yet. So okay. don't say anything don't, to her. I, that would be kind of funny. Hey, Katie, the Lord told me you're going to be my wife. Uh, and she would say, uh, I don't yeah, know anything woman. about that. Yeah, I don't know anything. But, that would have scared her off, I'm sure. But I, I just cherished that in my heart. Like, you know, when God told uh, Mary she was going to have a a child and she never even slept with anyone. Right. Says, okay, God. <laughs> and, um, Let it be done. I think was that were her words? Or like, so be yeah. it. And yeah. then the Lord revealed to her later on that I was going to be her husband and, you know, our dating consisted mostly of ministry and mm -hmm. Let me ask like this question that, so. while with where the point that you met and you kind of knew, did the Lord lead things on your heart or even your heart to pray for each other without even telling each other? Was there intercessional prayer for each other? I'm just curious because if a couple will be listening, they may say, I, you know, what should I be doing for, I, I know God has brought this guy or this girl in my life. What should I be doing right now? We're not getting married yet. We're not, you know, what, what happened in, in that team time period? Well, we, we just got to know each other. Yeah. I was praying for, her, of course, you know, but we just took it slow and easy because mm -hmm. we were older right. when we met now. Right. <laughs> we wasn't spring you chicken. You were 20 in the 20s. No. <laughs> and, um, so, and, and we've both been through some bad relationships in our life. So. Okay, so you took it nice and slow. We, we just took it slow and left the Lord bring it together, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, and like I said, our dating mostly consisted of just getting to know each other and doing mm -hmm. ministry together and, you know, watching the love of God work through both of us to you know, mm -hmm. reach out to other people. And so, okay. Well, I was just curious because a lot of times like I pray for people or, you know, like we all, when you're younger, you pray for your future wife or your future husband, the Lord to bless them, to protect them. Yeah. I just was curious, Katie, anything in your life that what the Lord was showing you before you did the I do's was the Lord leading to you 
into your heart anything to pray for Donald without going to him and say, hey, I'm praying for you, or any scriptures or anything like that? Well, yeah. We had started school in uh, August, July or August of that year. It was August, yeah. And um, <clears throat> and there was one Sunday when um, uh, I saw the other gentleman that lived with Donald in his apartment came to church, but he was not there. And I, I had asked them if, and they indicated that something had gone wrong. So um, at that point, I got a little concerned and come to find out there was some issues with with Donald and the school that that he felt the Lord was telling him that he needed to say something to them. And so I started praying then because it got a little rocky there for a while. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious, you know, because sometimes we wonder about that, you know, when people like myself who have not been married, you know, mm -hmm. you know, your future wife is out there or whatever, you know, how much can you pray for, mm -hmm. you know, or is she praying for me, you know. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you just wonder, you know, that's mm -hmm. how we are. We're praying people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you got, Donald? I see you open up your Bible there. Well, the scripture actually, <laughs> we just went over. I just went over. <laughs> cast away, cast not away. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has a recompense of great re or glorious compensation of reward. The Amplified says, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. God promised Katie was going to be my wife. So I'm, I'm just the type of person I hear what God's saying. I receive it, whether it's written word, rhema word, prophetic word, you know. And when I know it's from the spirit of God, I grab a hold of that thing. And I just, you know, Lord, don't let nothing happen to her. Nothing happened to me because that promise has not come to pass yet. So I'm, I just, you know, I grab a hold of that and, and pray for her well-being, you know, and and just let God do the rest. We, we don't, what, the thing I'm trying to say is with the patience, mm -hmm. we didn't try to force it force and it. make it happen faster right. than when God said, now it's time to get married. Because right. he, he instructed us through all that. What I hear the word is the Lord is preparing you guys together. I mean, sometimes it's different in everybody because of the age. Maybe it's a little different if you're younger or something like that. But it's preparation. Your heart, because when you're single, you got two single beans that get together. And I use this a lot with your fingers. It, you know, it has to be, you have to be joined. It has to be planned. If you're like this, it ain't going to work. It has to be in a situation that you balance each other out. That's what my theory is. Hey, what do I know? I'm single. But <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. The Bible says, you know, when we receive Christ, we become one with the Lord right. in the spirit. But when you're joined together, you become one in, in the, the flesh. flesh. So you have to learn to adjust to each other's habits slash, you know. And that's a little more difficult that when you have been older or you've been married once before or like myself, we've been single for many years mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you have another partner. Uh, you have to be Christ-like. You have to be a servant. Yes. You have to give up your rights. You have to die to your flesh and, and submit to her in a sense and to give her what she needs mm -hmm. compared to what's important to you. Her yeah. well-being, her life, her is as more important. Yeah, I think that's what I say. So, 
So, yes. You know, again, what do I know? I'm single. So, <laughs> and I've only said that a million times. You probably, you know, but. And then the, then the other side of that is Christ created the woman to submit to the Christ and the man. Right. Not the fleshly. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> outburst. I'm the man and you are doing what I tell you to do. <laughs> no, we're, we're created to submit to, to the right. Christ and each other. Right. You know, so. Well, you're, what is it? The Lord says she's your helpmate. Yes. You know, what's a helpmate? Somebody that helps you. And, and, and that's, that's where a lot of people, I think they get it out of balance because, oh, I'm the man you have to submit to me. No, she don't have to submit to that devil that's in you. <laughs> she submits to the Christ that's in you that gave his life and laid his life down for the church and loves her as Christ loves the church. So, Amen. So you guys got married and you know, life was going great, you know? Yeah. You start in your, both missionaries to the world. I mean, you, um, you're not called, you're sent. I remember us talking about that last time, the man that was sent, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk from the early days. If you could back up to like, if, do you remember your first mission trip, whether United States or outside? Do you remember the first one? Yeah. My first one was with uh, uh, Apostle Angel Gutierrez from out of Miami. Okay. Um, I went to um, Trinidad with him in 2010. The Lord had spoke to me to go there with him, and that, that was a good training ground uh, for me. And um, that was actually, yeah, it was, it was, it was April of 2010. Um, and that... I I led evangelism during the day, shared my testimony one night under the tent, but it, it was an amazing experience, but it, it was kind of, you know, they speak English in Trinidad, so it wasn't my first experience with foreign languages. Right. So it was kind of easy getting used to different cultures and everything. And then, um, but then in 2012, was the next time we went um we was with destiny and christ fellowship and we have gotten some prophetic words that you know god was going to take us around the world both of us together mm -hmm. and we were going to start traveling more and everything and we just we went with the pastor uh pastor tom guest and um his wife we went to a um place in sebring when one of the leaders of uh, the, their covering uh, church or whatever, their Kingsway Fellowship, one of the leader's wife had died. Uh, Bonnie, bless her soul. She prophesied a lot about what's going oh, okay. on I in think our I remember. government right yeah. now. She prophesied all the way back then. 2011, 2012, that God was going to be exposing all this corruption in our government. And so, <laughs> and she passed away in 2012. So bless her heart. But we actually went over just to support Pastor Tom, mm -hmm. to you know have company with him and and, and Pastor Floyd. And mm -hmm. but as soon as we walked in the door over there, it was you know it was supposed to be awake, whatever. But it was a celebration of her life. Right. You know, us Christians, how we do the world thinks we're crazy. We celebrate right. people when they pass away. <laughs> they go they to be with party. Jesus. <laughs> and um, but we um, as soon as we walked in the door. What happened, honey? There was three gentlemen standing on the side, and so we started chatting with them. And well, Pastor Tom, guess. Oh, he introduced us. He, he, he said, okay. as soon as we walked in the door, he says, I need to introduce you to these three guys. The Lord's telling me right now to introduce you to these guys. Okay. So. And they started to tell us that they had been 
doing mission work in Central America and maybe South America too, I forget, but they said that they some of them were getting older and they needed younger people to come in and take over where they had where they had been working already. And thank God he renews our strength That's like an right. eagle. <laughs> go so, so one of them invited us to go to Costa Rica with him, and that became our first um, visit to Costa Rica. Together, yeah. as husband and Together. wife. Okay. And, and while we were there, we, we met a gentleman, Carlos, and he became our connection person in Costa Rica okay. for a number of other mission trips that we ended yeah, since 2012, we've been to Costa Rica now like nine times. Wow. So One yeah. of the, um, I work for a Christian television station in Lake Mary, Florida. The people that clean are from Costa Rica. It's a beautiful country and the people are really sweet. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it is as good. And they speak Spanish. So that, right. that was my first, well, I, I guess I can't say that because Miami was like, you know, right. we were trained for this because Miami, There's you're around a Spanish lot of Spanish speaking people. Yeah. No, I went down there once. I felt like it was in a foreign country at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I went down there to pick somebody that was coming up from Honduras or Guatemala or something like that. And she, yeah. I had to pick her up and. and it was interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm from Boston, so and so so going back and Boston forth to co- yeah, and going back and forth to Costa Rica, we've had the opportunity to take different teams. We've taken mm-hmm. teams from Destiny and Christ, Treasure Coast Victory Center, and different people over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, so Treasure Coast. Now, do you know Paul Kendall? No, no, no not, not about, personally. You know, Rick Kendall. I, I, the, I know the name, the but kingdom, I don't but know him don't know personally. Okay. The reason why I, he was pastor for a long time. He has a church up in um, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Actually, it's a little bit more outside of that now because they combined a church. And I don't want to quote the church name because I don't remember. But I did an interview with him up, uh, maybe a month ago. But um, he's from Port St. Lucie and stuff. The Kindle family, a lot of them is from this area. So I mm-hmm. thought maybe you know him. And he did, you know, mission trips and stuff. So, yeah. but, um, okay, so you'd, you've done Costa Rica a few times. Uh, I know of a few other trips. Talk about some of the other trips you, where you've been. Um, I've been to uh, Argentina, Peru, Bolivia. Colombia. Colombia. Yeah, I've just been in touch with my friend in Colombia. He's in Mexico right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Have you done um, anything in Mexico? Not in Mexico. Because I know our church yet. is involved with a church. Actually, they're going to be sending, I think, end of this year. They're going to be going to Mexico, and they're going to be building three homes. Wow. wow. So they're gonna, it's a real quick pre-notification. You know, it's like, okay, this month we're going. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in my skills of carpentry, I do have a little, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going on this. Plus, I, I just unfortunately don't have the time, but, but yeah, I'm just we, curious. Mo- mostly when we go, we're, we're preaching in churches and doing evangelistic mm-hmm. events. There's been on a couple trips, you know, Costa Rica. One time we did some building stuff and cleaning up a trash. And when I went to Haiti, I helped them, you know, building a church and everything. But mostly they bring me in to, to preach crusades right. or to, you know, teach in the churches, preach in the churches, because it's, it's like an apostolic evangelistic mixture and mm-hmm. prophetic declarations. However, God wants to use us. Um, we've been to um, Haiti, uh, you, you Pakistan. Were, you were in Haiti. Yeah, then, I was. Yeah. I went with another pastor from, okay. from this area. But then we've been to... We went to Pakistan, Pakistan in 2018. 17. 17? Yeah. 
and that was at quite quite a trip, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we're 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 believing God to go back in March. We want to do a, okay. a a major outside crusade this time. Okay, it was so. very surprising to go there because we knew nothing about it really, except we had made a connection to a gentleman on Facebook that Donald had talked to and. Um, by you know Skype or mm-hmm. WhatsApp, yeah. And, uh, but we got over there and we were totally amazed because there was m- much more hunger in the people for the Lord than we right. had ever expected. Mm-hmm. We we didn't had no idea that that the people were so hungry mm-hmm. for the Lord. That, and we came to find out there was ten different Christian TV stations over there. Who who would have satellite television stations? Okay, never never thought that they would have Christian television stations there, Mm. but they did, and they were little small ones, kind of hidden away, like you wouldn't no big signs out the front or anything. But okay, so our the guy that brought us over there, Shakib, he um he had us on two of those stations within a few days, and uh, that was kind of a mind blower and. He's, he asked Donald, you know, you want to speak for 30 minutes? So he did. And he said, he said, you know, we get about 400 calls in a day. He said, people either looking for prayer or salvation or something. Healing. Healing. Okay. Yeah, because the medical system. A lot of these countries we go to, the medical systems aren't too great. So I've had people ask me, you know, when we come back here, it's like, why do you think God works miracles more over there than over here? And mm-hmm. I had to explain to him, he doesn't. I said, the difference is they don't have hospitals on every corner and doctor's offices. So people right. look to the Lord more than they do the doctors. Mm-hmm. Right. And because, um, you know, we've seen people come out of wheelchairs. I've seen God raise two people from the dead, um, okay. deaf ears, blind eyes open, all kinds of, of miraculous healings, and um, okay. it's just cool. It's it's just amazing. But but I like to try to tell people, you know, the same God who's working in them countries is the same God that's here. Right. We've seen God do many miracles on the streets down in Miami and and on the streets up here in different places. You know, the Bible says, "If you can believe, all things are possible for those that believe." Right. So, and we 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 went to Kenya. We was actually in Kenya when the coronavirus thing broke out. And this- February. Mm. Yeah, February. End of February February going into March. March, Right. Yeah, I remember that time quite well because I was sick. I was at Shane and Kim's house, and I left theirs and went up to Charlie's house, and I wasn't feeling good early in the morning, so I got up and said, I'm going home, you know, um, I'm leaving. And I was sick for six weeks Mm. with a cough. Shame on you, Charlie and Amy. What did you feed this man? (laughs) It's just funny. We loved you, Charlie and Amy. (laughs) The doctor that I just went to just recently said, it's too far from that time to check to see if I had the antibodies or something like that. Mm. Because of this COVID-19 thing, the symptoms are so different for everybody. It's, Mm. it's, it changes. My symptoms was a sore throat, uh, stuffy, really stuffy nose. Like I haven't seen in 40 years. Mm. I mean, literally it used to, when I was a kid, they had those bottles. You just take up your nose and squeeze it and try to clean up mm-hmm. your sinuses. I took NyQuil. I think I went through like two bottles of NyQuil in, in a week because, you know, I was, I was coughing and I couldn't breathe. 
I was coughing so much I had to put my hands on my stomach and push my stomach in and, and then cough because mm. if I didn't, if, if my muscles in my stomach was hurting. Mm. And it lasted for about six weeks and I'm not the only one around that January, February or March time was mm-hmm. sick. But mm-hmm. before, that was pre well before anybody was diagnosed or know, even know what COVID-19 was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's possible. Yeah, we came back from Africa, I guess about a week after we got back. We got back early March. And I guess about a week after we got back, we kind of got under. I mean, you know, I like to say it like this. You know, even though we're traveling, we see great and mighty miracles and God do marvelous things. God's work miracles in my own life. We're still not exempt from the attacks of the enemy. Because sometimes it's our own fault. We wear ourselves out. We wear ourselves down. God created. Exactly. God created us to work six days, rest one. You know, our Sabbath rest is Christ. So we're not going to get all religious on you here. Right. God's created us all different. But we rest in the Lord. And, you know, same way with me, when we came back from Africa, it, it hit me too. And I, and, and I haven't, we haven't had any medicine or anything in our house in a long time because we stand on the word by our stripes. We're healed. He sent his word to heal us. But I had to go out and get some NyQuil so I could sleep at nighttime. Right. And for like about two weeks, week or two weeks, I was same way scratchy throat stuffy nose couldn't but we wouldn't diagnose with anything but after all the symptoms start coming back you look back on it maybe i did have the COVID. i don't know but the thing is we trusted god as we was taking the medicine and god brought us through that the biggest thing is people said it said to me like oh why you go get checked out well i didn't have the one symptom of of of, um being having a fever I didn't have a fever. And I didn't have the fact that I didn't lose my sense of taste or smell mm-hmm. or anything like that. If I would have had those two symptoms, I would probably have gone and said, hey, let me test, you know, get tested out. But people that I know personally, like, they were concerned because, you know, I was sick for that week. I was coughing for so many times. But we're going to do something different here. We're going to, um, I'm going to give Katie a chance to wrap up a little bit about missions trips. What I want you to do is I want you to look into my eyes mm-hmm. like I'm a camera, and I want you to, to, Excel in your gift of evangelism and as a missionary. And I want you to talk to somebody. You have scripture there. If you need a few minutes to go get a Bible, another Bible, uh, uh, water or notes, because I want to put you on the spot. You get about, I'd say, 10 or 15 minutes. I want you to talk to the people that are listening like there was a big audience of thousands in whether in the United States. So I want you to do that. And so, Katie, do you have any, while he's kind of getting his thoughts, if he needs a couple minutes, do you have any closing thoughts of, of your mission trip? Some of the things, maybe one that stood out the most? Well, definitely Pakistan stood out because, I don't okay. know, that was wild because I never, ever expected to go there. Mm-hmm. But um, um, just really loved it, loved going to the little, we went to many little churches. Okay. And we went to a red light district, you know, mm-hmm. and when we went to the red light district, um, it was a little small church, but the doors were open into the street and, uh, uh, just prayed over some people there. And one little girl received her hearing and, and her ability to speak. So that was amazing. But then, so we went, across. is that the story you told last time about putting, no, I don't know if it was putting a finger in her. That was another preacher that did that. Yeah. But, um, wasn't her mother with her too? Yeah, that was yeah. that was that story. Yeah, somebody okay. was standing beside behind her. Anyway, I think it was there that the, the pastor, the pastor had had a motorcycle accident. So many people over there travel by these little motorbike mm, things, right? 
and the pastor had been traveling on the motorbike and had an accident and had a broken bone in his leg. But because there's no ambulance there, he wasn't able to get to the hospital, so he was laying at home. Oh, with a broken leg. Yes, we prayed over him, um, but, you know, and I'm not going to say but really, but he had to heal at home, and we don't, we don't even think about that in this in the United States. We we have hospitals. Unless so. you have COVID nineteen, then you have to go home and get it. I guess so. <laughs> Where are the hospitals so. when it comes to COVID nineteen? Yeah. You know. So okay. All right. Well, Donald, I gave you a couple seconds to get your thoughts together and see what the Lord was really saying that He wanted you to talk to. Um, Katie, you can jump in if you want to. I'm going to mute your mic so it's a, it will give him all the quiet. If you if you look at me and you say you know you're nodding your head that you want to say something, I'll unmute you. But right now, I'm just going to turn it over. You ready, Donald? Yes, I'm ready. All right, let's go, Donald. Take it away. My Bible says be ready, and the Bible says to be ready in season, out of season, when it's convenient, not convenient. So I'm just going to pray right now, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. We just thank you for today, Father God. Father, it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit and we thank you right now lord for the right words to say the right things to say in jesus's mighty name hallelujah so mark chapter five i believe it is let me get over here there was um let's see here okay mark chapter five Starting at verse 21, it says, And when Jesus has passed over again into his ship into the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was near unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind him and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And right away the fountain of blood of her of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned him about in the press and said who touched my clothes and his disciples said unto him you see the multitude thronging you and you ask who touched me and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing and the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth and he said unto her daughter your faith has made you whole go in peace and be whole of your plague while he yet spake there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said your daughter is dead why do you trouble the master any further as soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John, and the brother of Jesus. The brother of Jesus. And he came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeing a tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he came into them, he said unto them, Why are you making all this, this commotion? And why are you weeping? The damsel's not dead, but she sleeps. 
and they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he took her by the hand and took the father and the mother of the damsel and those that were with him, and they entered where she was lying. He took her by the hand, said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is, being interpreted damsel, I say unto you, arise. Straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that they should give her something to eat. Hallelujah. What we see here in these two stories is a common thread. First, the ruler of the synagogue came to Jesus and he said, he made a confession of faith. He said, my daughter is near death. If you will come with me and lay your hands on her, she shall be healed. And then as they were going they run into this crowd and the Bible don't say how long it took with this woman of this, with this issue of blood, because she said to herself also, she made a confession of faith. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. I shall be made whole. So, so what's happening here? These people, the Bible says in Romans 9, Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. So they were believing and they were confessing something. They were putting their faith to work. So this woman touches Jesus, and the, the Greek, the literal Greek says she was confessing to herself over and over, if I may touch his garment, if I may touch his garment, I'll be healed. She was meditating on that. She'd been to every doctor in the land. Nothing worked. She didn't get better. She wasted a whole lot of money. And her last resort was to go to Jesus. See, our first resort should be to go to Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, it don't say how long this incident took right. of Jesus spending time here with this woman and in the midst of this crowd. I mean, this woman's sneaking around. She shouldn't have been out in public. She had to get through all that fear and everything of coming in to touch Jesus. And when she touched him, power went out of Jesus, heals her, and he tells her, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. But now while he yet spake, there came one, while, I'm going to read the Amplify, while he was still speaking, there came some from the ruler's house who said to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother and distress the master or the teacher any further? There's a scripture, I believe it's in Isaiah 59. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God raises up a standard against him. And this is what we see at work here. The spirit of God that was in Jesus. The enemy came in with a flood with that bad report because Jairus made his, faith, his confession of faith at the beginning. He seen what Jesus, is, what Jesus was doing. He believed Jesus was the healer and the miracle worker. And then it took some time to get from there to his house. All this other stuff was happening in the middle. Jesus was tending to other people. Time passed, time had lapsed, and then here comes this bad report. Right. She's dead. Why bother him anymore? The Spirit of God in Jesus rose up a standard against that bad report. 
And he said, don't listen to that. Just believe. Don't get into fear. Don't let that bother you. Don't let that shake your faith. Only believe. Isaiah 53 starts out, whom will believe the report of the Lord and to whom will the arm of the Lord be extended to? See, a lot of this stuff, what we don't understand, like we were talking about, sometimes we don't understand why we get attacked by sickness. Sometimes we don't understand when you're, you're in a meeting and six people come up on, in wheelchairs and stretchers and you pray and three of them get totally healed and three of them don't. We don't understand that, but I don't have to understand that. I just have to believe what God's word said, that when I pray in faith and then when I believe, God will do the rest. The results is up to God, not up to me. Hallelujah. It takes the pressure off of me because every time we pray, you know, when I first started moving in this miracle stuff and everything, I was seeing God do miracles and I wanted to see miracles happen instantly. Everybody get healed. And, um, and then when I started not seeing miracles that way, and then I started to understand more about healings, it kind of shook my faith for a minute. I was like, why, is, why isn't this happening? But anyway, so back here to this here, Jesus, the Holy Spirit raised up a standard and said, hey, don't fear, just believe. Don't fear, just believe. And that's what God's saying right now. To people out there, right. you may be older folks like me and my wife and, you know, Kevin. I'm, I don't, we're aged. I don't like to say we're old, but, you know, you might have children out there who you brought them up in the church. You brought them up with godly teachings, but they've went astray. And Jesus is saying, don't fear, only believe. I got this. Your prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home. They're coming back into the fold. I got them in my hand. Because his word says, if you train up a child in the way they should go, in the end, they will not depart from it. There may be things that happens in the middle that causes them to stray, but the seed of Christ has been planted in them, and the Holy Spirit will draw them back. Hallelujah. And I want to put this right on here go back to Romans 10 what I started quoting starting at verse 8 it says but what does it say the word God's message in Christ is near you on your lips and in your heart that is the word the message the basis and the object of faith which we preach I like the King James that takes all that out of the middle but what saith it the word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith that we preach see we preach a word of faith not a word of doubt the Bible says lay hands on the sick they shall recover they have to recover because God's word cannot lie sometimes it just takes time sometimes God has to do work on the inside of us for the healing to manifest on the outside we may be sick on the inside and there needs to be some inner healing done to our our soul for the healing to fully manifest in our flesh you know so but what I what I'm really saying is what God is saying don't fear, only believe. It's not too late for anybody. 
there's no sin that you have could you could have committed. There's nothing that you could have done so bad that Jesus would not receive you back into his loving arms. And he says, this word of faith that we preach, it's in your, it's it's near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Then he goes on to say there's no difference. It don't matter what your background is. It don't matter what the color of your skin is. It does not matter. If you cry out to Jesus, he will save you. If you believe that he's, you got some kind of sickness, some kind of disease, if you believe in your heart that he paid for your sickness also, trust him for your healing, it will manifest in your body. But like I said earlier, if you're taking medicine, it's all right to take medicine. Paul told Timothy, drink some wine for your upset stomach's sake. It's okay to do that, but don't let that become your God. Pray over your medicine. Ask the Lord to sanctify it. Ask him to use it to heal you. Pray when you go to the doctor that the God would guide the doctor's hand, you see, because we don't want to say stop taking your medicine because I'm not a physician, but we want to make sure we always keep God in that place that he belongs which is first and foremost and let everything else fall under him so if you've heard this message tonight and you're not sure how to be born again how to be saved it's really simple you could just say a simple prayer like this lord jesus i need you in my life i recognize that i've sinned i've come short of your glory and only you can forgive me of my sins I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Come into my life and save me. And then when you say that, just start thanking him that, you know, thank you, Lord, that I'm a child of God, that I'm born again. And ask the Holy, ask the Holy Spirit, because when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit will come inside of you. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand the Bible. Share with a friend. Share with a family member whom you know is a Christian, share your testimony with them, how you gave your life to the Lord tonight. And those parents out there who's been waiting a long time for your prodigal sons and daughters to come back, don't give up. God's got this. Stand and believe. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. My prodigal son and daughter's coming home. My unsaved loved ones, they're coming home. They're coming home to Jesus. And stick to that promise. Because not only does he promise to save us, he promises to save us and our household. And um, that's what I have tonight. Praise God. Everybody who's listening, thank you very much for joining us. Guys, Katie and Donald, thank you again for opening up your house and sharing what God is doing in your lives and what the Lord has put on your heart. So thanks very much for being here. Thanks for having an interest. Okay, everybody else, we'll catch you guys next week. Same time, same channel. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beats podcast, encouraging the world one story at a time. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your stories, so send them to stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957. 
You may find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Please like and follow us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at www.themillenniumbeat.com where you'll find our last 25 podcasts, our list of our different platforms you may listen to or download our podcast, our latest YouTube videos for all our shows on the Millennium Beat Network, a calendar with past and future guests for all the Millennium Beat Network shows. Also, there's pages with pictures of all our guests and hosts. You have any questions or comments, please contact us at info at themillenniumbeat.com. This has been a Millennium Beat production, copyright 2021. The guests' views and opinions may not always be the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. You've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'm going to give you a little snippet of a show called Family Matters with your host, Paul Kendall. If you want to hear more shows like that, go to KindleFamilyNetwork.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Kendall for the use of his show. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. I'm your host, Paul Kendall. I knew the day would come when I would have to teach Renee how to drive. It seemed like just days before I watched her as a little girl riding a pony named Coco, waving at me with a huge smile on her face saying, Look, Daddy, all by myself. Now we were sitting in my wife's car with Renee at the wheel. Learning her way around the controls, she nearly gave me whiplash when she discovered the gas pedal. Take it easy, Renee. You don't have to take off so fast. And then it was, whoa, you're way too close to that other car. Training a child can be a real challenge, to say the least. But the simple fact is, they will learn to drive, and they will learn how to live as adults. The question is, who will teach them? Many parents put this responsibility off on two institutions, the school and the church. While both may offer the best of programs, they are by no means the ultimate authority when it comes to raising children. That responsibility falls on no one but a child's parents. Think about it. Your child is a byproduct of you and your spouse. Who could possibly relate to her and guide her through life's lessons better than you? No one. Even in the most difficult seasons of a child's life, a parent is the best suited instructor. And there's nothing sweeter than the memory of learning something from your parents. My dad taught me how to tie my shoelaces. My mom taught me how to drive. And both of them taught me to trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct my paths. Even though children sometimes act as though they don't appreciate our instruction, most child behavioral experts agree that discipline and instruction communicate love and safety to a child. After many stressful and eventful driving lessons, Renee learned how to control the gas pedal and how not to get too close to other cars. 
Standing in my front yard, I watched as she drove from the house for her very first time, waving at me with a huge smile on her face saying, Look, Daddy, all by myself. That's Family Matters. I'm Paul Kendall.